0: Welcome back to Mindful Endeavors. I am your host, New Age Alchemist. Joining us today is John Morris. Uh, Really quick, before we continue, just, you know, I wanna give a quick disclaimer that we're not mental health professionals and we're not necessarily advocating for mental mental health advice, if anything. We we just like to talk about the the topic itself. And uh, we definitely want to encourage those that to seek help if they need it. And yeah, hope you enjoy the conversation. So really quick, introduce yourself to us.
1: Hey, what's up, Nate? I'm John Morris. Um, Combat veteran, Texan, fly tire, terrible fly fisherman, um, college student, and welder.
0: (laughs) Oh, nice. Welder. Cool, cool. Yeah, that's actually one of the things that um, I'm, like, really struggling right now because I work in IT, and I really want to, like stop doing that and actually look into <laughs> welding. <laughs> so yeah.
1: Dude, it's a really, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. It's, it's not easy work by any means, <laughs> but it's, it's really gratifying, especially, sorry, uh, it's really gratifying, man, especially for someone that likes seeing things come together. I mean, literally everything is affected by your hands and your eyes. Uh, you know, it's just if I move from here to here a certain way, it's going to look a certain way and the weld is going to be bad or it's going to be good. And it's up to you to make a good weld. Just you can't do it every time we're humans, but dude, it, it's it's a lot of fun. I think you'd probably really enjoy it.
0: Yeah, because one of the things that uh, really got me into looking into welding is like because uh, I've seen certain people online <clears throat> basically designing their own smoking, you know, uh, their own smokers they'll design it and they'll weld it themselves. And it's like, dude, you can really like, like, like you said, like you can see things coming together and all the time that you spent, all the hard work that you spent, like trying to build something. And then to see the final product, it's like really gratifying.
1: The, yeah. It, it's, it's awesome, man. It's a, it's a really fulfilling trade.
0: Yeah. And then especially um, nowadays, I mean, I mean, you know, I know that my work is valuable and, you know, I contribute to a company or whatever, but it's like, it's one thing that, um, kind of like i feel like for me it's like making me kind of want to shift is like the fact that you know i want to work for myself and like you know be able to you know produce something that i you know see from start to finish design from start to finish um and i know that it's delayed gratification because you know you can't just like you know welding takes a while i know that much so it's not like something where you're just like oh i'm just gonna spend like an hour and i'm gonna have like this really complex thing like no like it's it it you know it requires some time and the gratification is delayed and i think And to be honest, I think in society, we kind of really need to learn how to appreciate delayed gratification, especially with social media. We have uh, uh, we're kind of like more encouraged to feed off that instant gratification.
1: Do you not? I'm with you on that 100 percent. I was just talking about that the other day with one of my buddies. He said um, we were talking. I don't exactly remember what brought it up, but we're so in today's society, we're so impatient. We're incredibly impatient with everything, because everything has become so instant—the microwave, the cell phone, the internet, um, just everything. I mean, even purchasing goods is instant. I just tap my card and I walk off, and I'm good. You know, it's like there's there's no there's a lack of real interaction, and then there's People got to just take a step back and just just chill and breathe for a second, and then just kind of take it in for a second.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and it's kind of funny because the more I've done this podcast, uh, the more I realize that this whole that whole saying where it's not about the destinations, about the journey. I used to be the reverse of that, or at least that's the mindset that I had. And now, like after you know talking about all these things and seeing this like all in social media and everything, and just even out and about, not even in social media but seeing kids the same way, like um, now I'm thinking, okay, no, I think both can, both mindsets can be, you know, they don't have to be mutually exclusive. And especially, I think it is more heavily weighted towards the journey versus the destination because, you know, again, we're not trying to get something that's instant gratification. Like we have to like really work towards something. And, you know, that that one saying that no, nothing worth having is worth is comes easy. Right. So, yeah. And, yeah.
1: And, and, you know, that's, that's something you know, I'm a parent too, and I've noticed one thing. my My son loves to play games, and you know, oh, okay, there you are. Yeah, like my son, he loves to play games and stuff, man. And there's, I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that as long as it's you know healthy. He plays games that really work his brain. He's just not always playing these brain dead games that are for enjoyment. But one thing I noticed is um, when he plays Minecraft. It, it's it's pretty spectacular. You know, he's building all these really grand structures and stuff. But you put him on an RPG game, like <laughs> a, a fantasy game, to where it's not – yeah, you, you still have that creative aspect and those creative avenues, but it's, it's 200 hours down the road. And mm. it's that investment that pushes him away from that style of game. I don't know. I, I, maybe that doesn't pertain to what we're talking to, but it's just uh, something that came to mind.
0: No, I mean, I think it's relevant because I mean, you're right in the sense that um, it. I mean, it, de- it definitely is relevant because, uh, and I do see it with uh, like family members as well. Um, and I see because I mean, you have the internet, right? You have basically almost all the answers right at your fingertips. So um, where like I remember growing up playing video games, it's like if I like got stuck in somewhere, I would die, like. 10,000 times before I finally be, you know, be, I'll be able to beat it. So, um, and then nowadays it's like, oh, if I get stuck once, all right, well, now let me see if somebody else has played it. And you'll see like forums and YouTube videos and a yeah. bunch of this stuff. And all of a sudden you figure it out. Well, you don't really figure it out. It's somebody else did it for you. You kind of just are just mimicking that. Yeah. That, uh, that you know, whatever that strategy. So, I mean, it, it, it makes sense. Like it's, um, it's incentivized almost like it really is like out is. there. And, And I feel like that, like one of the things that um, I definitely got out of fishing because I just started about a year and a half ago is um, patience. Like that definitely resonates with me outside of fishing as well.
1: Do you ever have those days to where um, you're just incredibly impatient, even on the water? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think, I think everyone does. I, I just wanted to ask, you know, it's, I like to think of trout fishing as like my absolute piece. Mm-hmm. Like don't get me wrong. I love all fishing. I re- I enjoy it. You know, every aspect of it from tying knots to cussing and pulling my baits out of trees. You know, it's, <laughs> I love it all. You know, at the end of the day, I, you remember all of it, but there's just something about trout. Uh, they don't live in ugly places. Yeah. There's um they're they're beautiful, man. Like uh Max, um, I won't say his last name. My buddy Max, he he said the other day, trouts are just swimming pieces of art. And I was like, Yeah, dude, that's that's pretty accurate.
0: Yeah, what's that one? Uh because I mean I'm not too familiar with trout, but uh like uh it's not a brown trout, it's like I think a brook trout, the one that has like oh. all the colorful sprouts, uh, spots and stuff, and like Somebody showed me a video where you like see like the bottom and then you kind of see something that looks like a trout, but then because of the colors, it blends in with the bottom. So it's like, like you said, yeah, like basically art. And I mean, I mean, I do eat the rainbow trout that, you know, they're being stocked in Texas. What,
1: man, that's what they're there for. Don't, don't even be like, oh, I, I, I eat fish, I catch. Don't, don't even worry <laughs> about that. That's what they're there for. That's what the, that's what Texas Parks and Wildlife puts them there for.
0: Yeah, yeah, and um, the funny thing is that my very first trout that I caught was actually in California, and it was on an accident because uh, it was it was uh, one of the, I think yeah, it was one of the ones that was that were stocked, and I threw a crankbait, and somehow I don't know if I hit the cheek or it actually went for it, but
1: no. uh, trout are super aggressive. Um, I mean, I don't don't think we'll get into all of that, but there's predatory responses, and then there's just like eh, I'm just going to eat this responses and that usually comes from manipulations of baits <clears throat> or lures or flies mm-hmm. um but like I said we won't get into all that but they are very predatory and they will eat the absolute crap uh crankbaits a rapala floating minnow if you want to catch a lot of trout I'm not even kidding go throw a floating minnow you'll catch you'll you'll limit out in like 30 minutes dang yeah
0: yeah I mean um I was it's so one of the things that I made a mistake on is that I took because I mean it was my first trout ever, right? And like I was just like, all right, this is exciting, so I took a picture of it. And first of all, if as I was trying to unhook it, it fell, and then I got some you know some crap from people that <laughs> they like, oh, you know, like you you don't you're not taking care of the trout. The trout are super delicate and all this other stuff. And I'm just like,
1: man, hell, <laughs> man, everybody drops fish. I I do my best, you know. Personally, I'm like, I'm pretty big in conservation and I don't knock people for, you know, like, oh, dude, I, I dropped my fish. It happens. But I try to keep my fish over water now as much as I can. So if I do drop it, so what? I miss a photo, but it's it's going back in the water and it's not as bad for it. I mean, mm-hmm. th- there's a lot of like. Um, there's some words I won't say on here, but <laughs> there, there's some dates that are uh, really um abrasive when it comes to trout and trout are quote delicate fish, but they stock them in high altitude lakes from aircraft. They drop them into the lakes Mm -hmm. and now you've got like, I mean, they didn't all die. Now you've got trophy fish in these high Sierra lakes that were stocked. They were put there by aircraft and, you know, and then when fish are spawning, they're literally throwing each other out of water into rocks and on the bank, uh, with salmon and still for instance, it's not, uh, nature is pretty metal if you will. So, yep. um, yeah. I mean, for anyone unless they don't, don't squeeze a trout right behind their gills. That's where their heart is. Oh, okay. Um, like if you're watching this, I try to keep a finger from behind. I call it the pistol grip. Mm. So, um, if gills are here at this label, I'm behind a little bit, probably about here. And then this other one is to brace the fish. So if I want to take a quick picture, I lift it up out of the water, click, drop it back in the water. Good to go.
0: Yeah, that's what I did with the recent catches that I had. Because I, um, but I mean, granted, I took them home and ate them. But still, I, I mean, I don't want to really be like, oh well, if he's going to become food, I'm going to not really care and make him suffer. Like no, you know, I still want to. Take care of them as much as possible, you know.
1: Dude, if you want to like, if you want to keep your fish fresh, if you're gonna keep them, like, dude, I, I don't knock that. Do whatever you want. This is America, bro. Like, if you want to catch fish and eat them, catch fish and eat them. I don't care. Like,
0: yeah, you know, like, I get, I get that. Yeah, get that.
1: but Go. dude, like, um, uh, graphic content warning here. Uh, <laughs> you you cut the gills up, so you, uh, I'm gonna say quote club them for lack of a better term, pretty much. You hit them, you kill them, you cut the gills out you bleed them and then throw them in your cooler and they'll stay fresh. They won't go bad. Mm-hmm. Um, that way the blood doesn't taint the meat either, which is another big thing with uh, trout. That way, if you if you feel some kind of like remorse about having a fish on a stringer, just do that. It's humane. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, um, dude, I, I've, I still eat fish, you know, it's <laughs> it's like, yeah. So social media has kind of put that on people too. It's like catch and release only, and I don't knock that, dude. If that's if that's what you want, to do, do it. I mean, I don't I don't really keep fish, but once a year now, myself. Mm-hmm. But I grew up eating fish every chance we got. We'd catch it. It didn't <clears throat> as long as it was legal. Sorry, let me get some water. No, you're good. As long as it was legal, dude. Uh, it came home. You know, we had a family of four. And then we always had, you know, other relatives with us. So what we call for the day is what we're going to eat at the end of the day, you know. Yeah,
0: so. yeah. And the the guy that uh, got me into fishing, like he grew up eating anything that he caught and hunted. So you know, it was for them. It was like for him for him and his family. It wasn't something about like a sport. It was more just like, hey, this is just for nourishment. You know. Yeah. Uh, now, obviously, because he moved, he from I met him out in California. You know, it's different area because he grew up in new hampshire so yeah. uh you know he now buys his meat right every now and then he'll still go hunting but yeah he's like yeah this is what i grew up on so like for me like if somebody just wants to do strictly catch and release that's fine if somebody wants to eat what they catch it's also fine as long as uh they're doing it respectfully and not in this and and by what he means by respectfully is in terms of like conservation right like yeah you don't want to like just like eat like pull out a bunch of fish and then only eat certain parts just because you know oh i don't want to like worry about the rest or i just you know you know i let everything else spoil like you do your best to make sure you eat as much as you can of the fish like and yeah and,
1: and it's it's kind of one of those things too it's like don't <clears throat> catch you can catch a limit of fish and that's cool that you can do that and the day was you know well enough to provide you with such a great pleasure of limiting out on a fish but if you don't need those fish man don't don't keep them give someone else a shot you know let the fishery thrive a little bit longer
0: yeah, yeah, and uh, what I did <clears throat> on my recent one, I basically caught, I caught four. I didn't catch the, the limits five, right? I didn't, yeah. catch, I, I didn't, I didn't meet the limit. But uh there's another dude that was helping me out, so I was like, hey, do you want to take two of the trout home? Like, you know, I'm more than happy to share it because he didn't catch anything, but he was helping yeah. me out, like you know So I was like, yeah, you know, just take them home. You know, I only really need two. It's only just me that I'm going to be feeding. So, yeah. So at least sharing it that way a little bit.
1: Dude, that's awesome. I, I do that here, too. There's a bunch of old, old, old cats that fish out there with me when they stock. This stocking's been terrible, by the way. But last oh, yeah. year it was when we had the Snowmageddon come in. Um, dude, I was I was helping so many dudes get their fish and <laughs> Anna, it was just it was cool.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, a uh, it's one of those things where like, yeah, you know, like, I mean, you're not obligated to help out, but it feels good sometimes, you know, like, it, you know, it just feels good. Just, you know, sharing here and there and like, uh, like, what is it? Uh, you know, thriving together almost. And even just kind of yeah. sharing the experience, you know, that's like, you never know, like what that does to another person. Like, you know, even if they're not like solely like, oh yeah, I'm going to catch a fish. And if I don't catch a fish, I'm going to be like, depressed or anything no like you just never know like hey you know this guy was really cool shared a fish with me or this guy was really cool gave me a hook to try out or something and you know that kind of uplifts people's spirits. so that's pretty good
1: yeah dude, you, you got to give back especially to you know kids that are getting into the sport and dude, I'm, I'm not telling this story be like oh john's such a good guy i don't <laughs> care, i don't care about pixel hearts or likes or that of boys i just i do what i feel is right and I was on the river last Sunday. Sunday is kind of like my drive up into Arkansas and go trout fish day. Mm. And there was this dude and he had his two kids with him, two little boys. Um, and I mean, little, like maybe six and eight. And they're out there and they've got their cute little waders on. and They got their fly rods that seem gargantuan, but they're just regular size fly rods. And they're throwing the meanest tailing loops I've ever seen. They're just like... Dad's spending more time untangling everything, and uh, they're low-holing me, which is you know if you're on a river, and uh, you're in this hole, right? Well, they come under the hole, just below you, and it's called low-holing, and it's like a it's like a bad deal. It's bad etiquette on the river, but I don't really care. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd already caught plenty of fish, and I, I hook this last fish, and I look over and the dad's looking over at me and I unhooked the fish and, you know, sent it off on its way. I'm like, dude, I holler over him. And I said, Hey, come take my hole, you know, come take this spot. You know, I told him where, you know, where I was fishing, I cut the flies off my line, gave them all a fly. And then, uh, the smallest boy, you know, I told him, yeah, just go wait out there. And then there's some rocks and you can throw up by these rocks. And that's kind of where they're holding today. And it seems like, uh, you know, I've been catching fish there, for the past like four hours. And um, the little dude was like, is it too deep for me? And I didn't think about that. Right. I'm, look- <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at his waders. I'm like, man, those would fill up. Um, so I, I took two steps. I was like, man, I don't know. And I took, turned around and took two steps and something said, give this boy your wading stick. So I did, I took it off my lanyard and I gave him the stick. And then I, I was up on my, by the truck and I took my waders off and I peeked back down on the river and I see this little dude like Gandalf out here going through it. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, that's "That's awesome, dude. I'm I'm really glad I did that. And I hope they caught fish and they had a good time. The dad told me, he's like, yeah, we, we make a trip once a year to Mm -hmm. go, to go fly fish this river and this is their first time coming with me. And, uh, I don't know, dude, it just felt good. That's like that big fish karma. That's that's what my buddy David calls it. He says if you do something good on the river, if you pick up trash, you release a good fish respectfully. You know, you you treat nature with reverence and just share that adoration and just being a good angler and not being a piece of crap. You know, he he says that's big fish karma. Every time you do something good on the river, that goes towards your big fish karma. So
0: yeah i mean i would definitely even extend it to say like just karma and good karma in general like you know like there's gotta be like you you know you'll get rewarded some way shape or form um yeah because i've had well i mean it's not a contrasting story but the funny thing is like so one time um i was out fishing at a pond and this little girl came over and she was like asking me all these questions and you know i didn't have a problem like i can't i you know answered all the questions. And she's like, Dad, like she, her dad comes over. She goes, Dad, I want to try fishing. So without even thinking, I was like, Yeah, you know, you can try one, uh you can try casting with my rods. But I forgot that I was on a bait caster. And this, yeah. little, this little girl's like seven or eight years old. Immediately backlash to heck and back. And I'm just like, Oh, I, I forgot that it's a bait caster. Like if it was a spinning reel, like, and I had one in the, in yeah. the car, but I just didn't take it out. I should have just taken out the spinning reel. And, Taught her on that and, uh, and she's like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. I'm like, no, 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 it's not your fault, it's not your fault. I mean, it really wasn't her fault because one I didn't explain how to cast it, and two, she you know, there is a little bit of a learning curve when it comes to baitcasters, not a whole lot, but you know,
1: there's enough. Uh, well, Date, I would I would say you're light years above a lot of folks in that aspect because I think there's a, a pretty large learning curve. Oh yeah. For a bait caster, Dave. Oh like setting it up. Um, even how you put your line on your reel has an effect on how it casts and how it retrieves. And um, do you roll cast by chance? You, you said you're kind of new to fishing. I, I'm just kind of, do you, do you roll cast your baitcaster at all? I have a couple times. I don't do it often now. Yeah, dude. So um, my biggest tip, I mean, you're probably a pro now. You're probably like skipping under bushes and stuff, but um As you cast out, especially if you're bombing a bait out, turn your wrist sideways and take your spool off this axis and put it on this axis. It slows your spool down. Mm. So when it slows your spool down, it doesn't over spool and it allows your lure to carry your line. And uh, Mm. you'll have a better time not backlashing on really big casts.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I never thought about it being such a huge learning curve. Uh, now that you mentioned it, I'm thinking about it because, like, like I told you right, right, right before we started the recording, like I was out trying different pounds of line on my SLX, and uh, <laughs> yeah, because I was trying to cast like lures uh, like one eighth ounce, and I was using ten pound fluorocarbon, and they were just going to the side, like, like I would no. cast like straight in front of me, it would go like six feet to the left. Yeah. And uh, and it wasn't until I was like starting to talk to the people, and they're like, yeah, try different lines. I'm like, okay, so right now I'm I'm running six pound uh test and on a one-fourth of an ounce and then all of a sudden just with accuracy like oh, oh yeah like, man i didn't because like i never thought that the line i mean because i've heard that the yeah. line makes a difference especially what weight you know you go on but most of the time i'm casting like well now that i'm trying different techniques but, but most of the time i was just casting like half an ounce you know quarter uh, three quarters of an ounce oh dude
1: that yeah it doesn't matter with those you you can cast them on anything Exactly. So, so, what line's going to do for you that you're going to realize is um, you have to use lighter lines to cast smaller lures, and your baits dive faster with lighter line—not necessarily lighter, but smaller diameter. Fluorocarbon's really good about that. It's really expensive, but it's really mm. good about that because oh, yeah. it's smaller diameter for a stronger test.
0: Mm. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the things that um, I keep. I tried my best to keep myself humble because of the fact that there's still a lot to learn. Like even like I don't, I don't, I'm, one thing I'll admit, I don't know anything, everything about fishing. So, um, and you know, clear example right now, when it comes to like different weights of the, of the different tests, different pound tests, now I'm learning. So it's like, you know, it's a learning experience. Like, and, uh, I think it goes back to what we're talking about when it comes to patience. it's like, okay, you know, have the patience to really research and, um, I can't even tell you like when I first started uh, fishing, like how many YouTube videos I saw literally just on how to cast a spinning reel. And, you know, it was a lot of like, you know, I spent almost hours, no, definitely spent hours, not almost I spent hours just watching different people on YouTube, uh, on YouTube, just showing me how to cast.
1: Date. And it's one of those things where, all these people have really grand things to say. And I, I mean that literally grand, you know, it's it, information is so powerful mm-hmm. in so, so many aspects, you know, it's it's really multifaceted and. But it's just one little thing from one guy that you listen to and then you put it together with this other thing from this gal that what she's saying, and you're like, man. It just kind of clicks because everyone's mm-hmm. a little different, so. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's really great. YouTube has been astounding for fishing um, in good and bad ways, but uh, I'd say more good than bad. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, because I mean, um, I know that a lot of people around me growing up, uh, they would, get there uh, they had the mindset that if somebody like gave them advice they, don't, they almost took it as a challenge to and, it's, and even worse some people would take it as an attack on their identity which i definitely i definitely had a little bit of that but i was able to snap out of my snap out of it uh pretty you know quickly in terms of when i recognize the issue um and that's kind of where i'm at now like it's, it's like hey if somebody wants to tell me if somebody wants to post a comment on my stuff that I'm doing something wrong. Okay, well let me know what, what exactly I'm doing wrong. Like if you're just saying like, hey you're wrong. it's like, okay, well that's not constructive. That's not, it's not, like that's it's not
1: helpful. That that <laughs> that doesn't fix the problem. Exactly. That's not helpful. That makes you an asshole.
0: That's exactly <laughs> you no know, yeah that's exactly it. Cause all right well take the uh, next the next what like minute or two type out what exactly or any recommendations that you have.
1: Better yet. Uh keep your dirty laundry off the front page of Instagram posts and Facebook or YouTube comments, quit being a keyboard warrior. And -hmm. if you want to actually be helpful, direct message them or email them and actually talk to them like a human being. And I guarantee you don't know as much as the guy next to you when you're giving this advice to some random stranger that's just trying to have a good time. Don't be yeah. an asshole. Don't be a gatekeeper. Gate... Dude, I'm sorry. You've like... You pushed my buttons a little <laughs> bit here. Dude, gate, gatekeeping is so... In, is incredibly toxic, mm. is what it is. It is cancerous to the sport and the traditions of angling. It... If you say there's only one way to fish, and it's literally this way, or you're wrong, or... Oh, you don't have this gear? Psh, dude, you ain't gonna catch fish. Oh, yeah. dude, you don't you don't know how to tie this knot? It, who taught you how to fish? You know, and people are just so they get they get so high and mighty on their soap boxes made of pixels. And it's just it's 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 so bad for the sport, man. And if mm-hmm. you're not sharing information and you want to If you want to give your two cents that no one asked for unsolicited advice is bad advice by the way. And my grandfather used, my grandfather used to tell my dad and then in return, my dad told me my grandfather used to say, uh, take advice from everyone and listen to what everyone has to say and then do as you damn well, please. Mm -hmm. And so in, in return, that's, that's something I'll share with my son someday, but it's, if if you don't if you don't want to give a solution to a problem you are part of the problem. Stop being yeah. an asshole.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, and I have two uh, scenarios. One that just happened recently, and one that happened when I first caught it. my very first carp. Um, so I was trying to make sure. I mean, I didn't have a net, so I had, it was really tough to kind of like get them out without like you know dragging them yeah. anywhere. And I did it somewhat successfully. The problem is that it was still pretty lively and it just start shaking. Right. And when I was getting ready to take the, the picture, it shook and it fell and it rolled a couple times. So there was a bunch of grass on it yeah. and I still took the picture anyway. Cause again, I didn't really, I mean, I didn't really understand like how delicate a carp is. Right. And when I posted that picture, there was like a few, there was a few comments that were just like, like, Oh, you don't know how to fish and you know, stop, stop fishing. If you're going to like, you know, uh, if you're not going to, you know, respect the fish and all that stuff. But that, there was one comment though. When he, when like it almost sounded kind of condescending, like if you read just the first sentence, but then after that, it's like uh, he was basically just saying, like you know what, like you got to make sure that you have a mat and all this other stuff, and you know, there's there's this and that. And he sounds way.
1: European, by the way. <laughs> he was European. He was European. Yeah, yeah. I, I gathered that.
0: <clears throat> yeah, right, right. Well, yeah, because I mean, like I think Europeans view carp like we uh Americans view bass. So uh, it's you know.
1: it's not even that. It was the mat thing. You, they have unhooking mats they're required to to be able to fish in the uh, United Kingdom.
0: Oh, I didn't have, even know that.
1: They have to have an unhooking mat. They have to be a part of a fishing club. They have to have a rod license um, in order to fish.
0: Oh, wow. I didn't even yeah. know that.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty bogus. But um, carp were put here. Just throw this out here. Carp were brought here as a food species. They are fun to catch uh they eat a lot of stuff and they absolutely also destroy a lot of fisheries like a, like a lot of fish that we have here in the u.s specifically um, some parts of the u.s they're trophy fish they're game fish um highly revered uh, let's say texas home of the double digit largemouths. we we produce big fish in texas mm. um, but if you look on the um Invasive species list for uh, Oregon. Uh, guess what's on there? Carp, bass. Oh, oh. Wait, right. what?
0: seriously? Yeah, dang. So,
1: so, oh, but, <clears throat> but that's a trophy fish. Not up there. They're trophy fish up there, or salmon, still and trout. It's a mm. different. It's a different world. So. Um, but one thing that you can find in common throughout the US is carp are um if you look at the charts of how close they are to being an endangered fish, they're not even close. Their population's booming. Uh grass carp eat like double their body weight. Don't quote me exactly on this. I haven't I haven't I'm not a biologist. I'm I'm a fat redneck. And <laughs> um but they eat uh roughly around double their body weight a day of vegetation which is why people add them to fisheries to that have overgrown vegetation but the thing is those carp start getting giant and a big carp in a smaller body of water starts kicking up a lot of mud Mm. so you can take a very healthy fishery without a lot of turbidity and then uh give it five years and it's a mud puddle so it's a very delicate thing when adding fish to fisheries, but don't feel bad about your carp, dude. Don't feel bad about your carp, and don't worry about an unhooking mat I mean, I ended <laughs> up i
0: en- i ended up getting one. And I was just like, all right, well, you know, I'm you know, I'm probably it'd probably be easier for the fish, you know, to try to hook it there, and it was it so, was easier for me too. So I was like, so, all right, cool.
1: So the big so the unhooking mat thing is is to keep the fish stable, like mm. larger fish. Um, Really big fish, dude. It shouldn't really be brought out of the water. Mm. Um, it, it's just bad for their spines. Like sturgeon. If you ever see someone like hero shotting a sturgeon, a, he, a hero shot's like a. I don't know if you're familiar with that term, but it's like. Yeah. So a hero shot is when someone has like this big fish out, and they're like, you know, they've got this fish up here, and they're like, they get that that picture. Those mm. are those. This is like your glamour magazine photo shoots, like Instagram shots and stuff. Th- those are typically pretty bad for fish. You know, um, your, your best bet with any fish is keep it wet <laughs> and take your pictures and send it on its way. Mm-hmm. I, I, I try to carry a net with me like majority of the time. I keep the fish in the net and I take most of my photos in the net or um, shove your net in a rock where it sits there keep the fish in the water, let the fish kind of stay calm as you can. And then, you know, get your camera gear ready, take your pictures, get your release video, no harm, no foul. You know, it's, there's ways to do it, but dude, it's a carp. People call them sewer (laughs) salmon. You know, they they call them sewer salmon, dude. Like Sewer
0: salmon. That's the first time I've heard
1: that. Yeah. they, They call them sewer salmon, man. Like they fight like hell. They're super fun to catch. They, they do a lot of good in fisheries, but they do a lot of bad in fisheries too. So mm. I mean, don't, don't, don't get it twisted though. Like I, I still like catching all fish. My favorite fish is a trap is a quote trash fish, you know, like my favorite fish is okay. My favorite fish to catch and to pursue is long nose gar. Okay. Oh, okay. My favorite fish is a brook trout. Um, you can't beat ripping up streamers for giant creatures from the depths like 20 25 pound 50 55 inch fish just rows of teeth like unexploded torpedoes of power you hook one and it's just dormant and then it's and then you've awoken the beast it comes to life and it starts ripping line off and you're on for a fight of a lifetime and you can't you can't beat that dude and but it's a trash fish people people shoot them with bows and people throw them up on the bank because there's this a really bad stigma that surrounds them because you see a really large fish with a lot of teeth and you instantly think predator well it is a predator fish but it eats small fish it's typical forage for a long nose gar, is you know four to six-inch bait fish like shad specifically, for mm-hmm. long nose and spotted gar. It's it's bait fish. They're eating bluegill, dude. They're eating bluegill and shad, and you know, yeah, maybe they'll get a bass or something, but that's not their that's not what they're after. Mm-hmm. You know, but people are like, oh, it's it's killing my bass. It's eating all my crappie. No, dude, it it ain't. Like, stop throwing them on the bank. Stop, stop stop slowly killing these fish stop it yeah
0: well yeah because i mean uh, um i definitely got an appreciation for carp uh just because you know I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a nerd and you know pokemon you have Magic Carp, which is oh, a useless yeah. pokemon you know and you know does splash and it does nothing everybody knows that like everybody that's played pokemon so it's like all right you know carp that must be pretty weak and then it turns out like you might see my entire rod literally bend in half like hook one I'm like oh crap and that's the one thing that i told you about patience like when i first started like targeting carp i would see the rod twitch or anything and i'm like i got a carp i got a carp!" and then i would set the hook and there was nothing to set the hook on you know it was like a turtle messing with it or yeah. the current or whatever and i was just like you know what the heck you know <laughs> and then and the the buddy that was with me that has caught a few carp bef- uh, before he's like dude be patient that's you'll you'll know when it's a carp fight and then uh I started getting the the, the stick I started noticing the distinction between a catfish bite and then the carp bite because I was getting catfish at first. And you know how like when they hit the catfish, they'll like crash. I mean, when the catfish will hit it, they'll crash into it and you see the rock bend forward but then stop back and then yeah. it'll bend forward again. And then all of a sudden I finally hooked my first carp, which I didn't get to like land because you know, I I, I was I wasn't sure of like how to like bring it closer to the bank. Yeah. But when the the I see the rod move, all of a sudden I just see it bending, 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 bending. Boom, it's gone. And I'm like, whoa. And that's when I was like, okay, these are definitely carp bites. Because they basically just shoot out like a missile. They, they don't, like, crash it. They just grab it and they just shoot out like a missile. And I was like, whoa. And I was just, like, all, you know, like, excited. I'm like, I got my first carp. I got my first carp. I got my first carp. And then all of a sudden, like, boom, it's gone. I'm like, dang it.
1: Oh, dude, it's big fish like that so i mean let's let we can talk carp here for a second like i i i adoringly call them sewer salmon (laughs) and but carp are really spooky fish they're actually really hard to catch their entire body is a lateral line Mm -hmm. i mean they they are very receptive to what's going on around them and they they live really shallow fairly often you know, I mean, I I say shallow, I guess that depends on your fishery, but they're up and they can feel all the stuff around them. I mean, a 10 pound carp is literally all lateral line. They feel everything going on in the water.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: And they are incredibly powerful, dense fish. They are. I haven't caught one on the fly yet. I don't have anywhere around here to go pursue carp, but it's on my list. I want to catch a carp on the fly real bad.
0: <laughs> same, dude, same. Well, I mean, first of all, I have to learn how to fly fish. But once I do,
1: dude, fly, fish, seems- fly is- fish is easy. I, I tell you what, dude. I tell you what. You get me where there's some carp, and I'll get you behind a fly rod. All right. That sounds like a good deal. Yeah. We can do that. Yeah.
0: No, definitely. Because, uh, I I mean, I, um, I saw a little fly combo from Academy, and it was like 30 bucks. Don't, 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 get that one. I was just thinking about, like, I was thinking, like, hey, I want to get this one um just because, like, hey, you know, if, if I break it, you know, it's only $40, you know, whatever. But I talked to you, the only other uh, fly fisherman that I've had on the show, she's like, yeah, she's like, no, don't get it. Don't,
1: don't. I she's That just, was, that was my first one ever. Yeah. I, I call largemouth, crappie, trout, um all on that fly rod. All of them on that fly rod. The reel's terrible. The line's really bad. The rod is, I'd say if, if okay is on like a, a scale of one to 10, okay is like a three. It's a little, it's like a two and a half. Right. Dang. So it'll catch fish and do will get you on the water. But dude, after this, if you actually want a fly combo, um, we can talk after this.
0: For sure. Yeah. Cause I mean, she yeah. uh, recommended a, a Norvis. I forgot what model.
1: um Um, probably a clear water maybe yeah Yeah. i don't
0: remember off the top of my head because this was maybe like a few months ago but she was telling me don't get it and you know she has a lot more experience uh than me uh fly fishing for sure so i was like all right i'll take your word for it you know (laughs) i was like yeah i'm not gonna get it uh and yeah but once i once i learned i'm definitely gonna put uh was it catching a carp on a fly rod as one of my top things to do
1: dude i will i will have you know that if you get good at that um you should guide for it because people pay good money to go catch carp on the fly it's not it's 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 a skill it is if you can get good at it people will pay for it 100 percent. and then you can take something you love to do and make a little money doing it not much (laughs) being a guide doesn't really make a lot of money yeah (laughs) Um, I'm a guide and it doesn't make a lot of money, <laughs>
0: but, but it sure is fun, dude. <laughs> well, yeah. Cause I mean, um, uh, that's the funny thing that recently since I've been posting, uh, I think towards the end of last year, I was uh, adding a bunch of cart pictures uh, on Instagram because, you know, I've been catching a lot more cards, especially once I figured out how to target them. And now I'm getting like a few messages here and there like, Hey, so what do I do to catch a carp?" Or, you know, what, what, what date should I start with? Or what this, or what setup? And like, dude, I need to make an intro video on YouTube or something to start. Cause you know, I've gotten a few questions and it's like, yeah, like, so I can definitely see that, you know, that being a kind of, not, you know, like a super lucrative business, but like yeah. there being demand for it.
1: There is man. And it, it's just fun, dude. Yeah. Fly fly is fun.
0: Yeah. And I mean, recently, um, like I posted a, a reel about just kind of like sharing your passions with people and like you know it was one of those things it, it was a a video of me teaching my niece and nephew how to fly uh, how to fish in general <clears throat> which you know I grew up in a city so I didn't really know how to fish and my parents didn't t- teach me because they didn't know how to fish. so it's something that I want to start now. I'll, I'll start with my niece and nephew since I'm really close with them and then if I have kids of my own, I'm definitely teaching them how to fish and how to do all these sorts of outdoors activities because I definitely see, um like how they like got like they build up you can see like literally their self-esteem building like as they learn how to cast like you could see that and it's just like it's it's very beautiful
1: it's great for kids man i mean you can't you can't force anything on anyone Mm. and if you force a kid to go fishing with you they're not really going to enjoy it you know but um my my nephew, dude, he 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 loves fishing, and he says all the time the only only people I want to fish with are Uncle Jonathan or Papa, you know, because we we put him on fish, and he he just loves it, man. And it's 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 that sparkle in their eye when they make that good cast, and when they hear you say, "Hey, that's a good cast," it's that it's that reassurance, and. It's it's priceless, it's priceless. Having kids out there fishing, it's, it's just awesome, man.
0: I know the feeling because again, I, I like exactly what you just described. That happened like a, my niece and nephew when they fr- got a first good cast. I was like, "Holy crap, you cast it pretty far! That's a good cast!" And they're like, "Yay!" You know, waving yeah. their hands in the air and everything. And I'm like, "All right, now real, real, early, you know." So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> but it was super fun. Like they 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 enjoyed it, and like I saw, I'm like. I'm, I'm just like, I, I want to share this information and like these stories to see if like other people like, hey, you know, maybe I'll just give that a try. Like, and even like if, if it's not a tradition that people grew up with, I mean, there's ways to like research information, how to get into it. I mean, a lot of information nowadays is basically free. I
1: mean, you just dude, go on Google. Dude, it is. Information's free and um I guess I was supposed to go in here and talk about fly fishing and a little bit about me, but we ended up talking about carp. Um, yeah, uh, they don't, don't let people, um, get you thinking that fly fishing has to be like incredibly expensive. It doesn't, um, a lot of rods are. it's, it's pretty spooky, man. Um, I mean, some of these rods are house payments. Some of these reels are house payments. It's, I mean, it's uh, it's pretty unreal how much you can mm-hmm. spend really quick in fly fishing, but you don't have to. You don't have to spend that much. You can get started relatively cheap. I mean, there's a there's several companies that can get you in a good combo for a good price. I mean, um, like I said, I'm not gonna. Shout out anyone on here, but afterwards, I'll I'll let you know, dude. I mean, um, for me, why I keep fly fishing, it's it's really therapeutic. Mm. Um, I keep fishing because I enjoy the puzzle, but I keep fly fishing because I enjoy the technicalities of it. Um, it's very, very, very rewarding to catch a fish on a fly, especially when you've tied yourself. It's. You have to make that cast it's not it's not point click shoot it's it's you work your line you have to continually work that line um you have to know how the fish are eating it's it's all those normal conventional tackle fishing techniques that you've learned and then applying it um in a let's just say a completely manual aspect of fishing it's mm-hmm. it's not just jigging I'm not throwing a half ounce black and blue jig. And then I'm not just going to pop it, reel down, pop it, sit, follow it down, pop it, and then reel down, set the hook, and then you're on for a fight. It's not as simple as that. There's a, you know, it's, you can make jig flies that work just like a black and blue half ounce jig. They're just, they don't weigh as much and, you can literally use the same materials to where it looks just like a black and blue jig and you fish it the same way, but you have to do it differently. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just fly fishing. So cool, dude. You know, I have PTSD, man. Like um, I've been to Afghanistan twice. I've been to Iraq once. I didn't, I I didn't really understand it for a long time. I just knew I was kind of angry and I was really anxious and, You know, I bite all my nails off and I'm a nicotine fiend and I just couldn't couldn't figure it out. And then it just kind of once we did figure it out, you know, it's well, how do I how do I help myself so I can be a better person? Mm -hmm. How how do I start healing? And fly fishing was that missing link for me. It was um, the knots all the knots, the tying your flies, the working the line, the casting. It works those small muscles in your brain. Uh, Project Kaling Waters and a lot of other experts have done scientific studies and there's scientific journals and reports out there about how it helps repair the brain. So, I mean, I didn't understand why it was so nice, but that that that's part of it. Um, yeah. There, there's a beauty to it. It's like this cerebral extension of your body. It's, it's pretty, pretty rad. <laughs> no,
0: yeah. No. And like, I, I, uh, I can definitely see that. And I agree that it's therapeutic. Um, and that's the thing about mental health. That it's not a one size fits all. Right. But there's a lot of like things in the outdoors and that's why we have to respect nature so it could stay there for other people not just for ourselves. Right. <clears throat> we do our best to conserve. We do our best to uh, make sure that, that, that we don't trash anything and, that way, it just it's there for other people to to thrive on it, and you know alleviate like their their need for adventure, and then that in turn like you know improves people's mental health, and just overall just because we're not really meant to be in like concrete structures for so long, like we're meant to be outside, you
1: know. You you, you can't just always be in like concrete jungle, man. Yeah. you gotta you gotta find. I don't care if it's your park. I don't care if it's somewhere else. You got to find some kind of nature because nature is healing, man. It really is. And in a lot of different ways, I mean, autumn's my favorite time of the year because there's so much it's part of this cycle. And it might sound a little macabre, but there's there's a lot of death that goes on during autumn. But it's for a reason and it's rebuilding and it's part of life. And I, I know that sounds kind of strange, but to me that like. I don't know. To me, it it, it symbolizes growth, mm. uh, because it's 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 just rebuilding. It's it's part of this cycle of nature, and it's really pretty at the same time. You know, it's I don't know, dude. I love autumn. I love fallen leaves. I I love. <laughs> I used to love fishing. To me, that meant jerkbait season too.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know but –
0: well yeah i mean i didn't really get to appreciate the uh, autumn until i basically moved to texas because i was yeah. in so- socal for most of my life and you know everything's basically the same it's like one season it's kind of mostly sunny like and that was it whereas like here like oh there's actually different kinds of season and then like, when once uh you know late october early november hit all of a sudden you see different colors of leaves and they're all slowly falling down and you're like you're, you're walking to a fishing spot and you're just kicking a bunch of leaves and it's and that little crunchy feeling that you, that you, I mean, little crunchy sound that you hear from walking on leaves. Like I just like enjoy it now too. It's like, it's,
1: it's nice. Yeah. It's you know? nice,
0: man. And that's what you like when you're saying, like if you're just going to just a park, even just a park, just doing that, get the, getting that feeling, it's, it's great. You know?
1: Just, I mean, you got to think too, that there, there's a lot of history. There's a lot of unspoken history in your surroundings Mm-hmm. These really giant trees. Just think of if they had a story to tell, what would it be? Yeah, you know
0: what? I've, I've thought of that several times. Cause it's like, if they, if they can talk, would they call themselves a tree? You know, something like that.
1: Yeah. So, but, and you know, just circling back, <clears throat> we, we do have to be good stewards mm-hmm. of, <clears throat> of our environment. Mm-hmm. Um. We've got to keep it clean. Um, something I recently learned I'm going to share. Um, Rock Cairns. see, uh, It's C-A-I-R-N. Um, they're like, you see them a lot on trails and stuff like that. And Recently, people have been kicking them over. And I was like, why is everyone kicking these over? That just seems like an asshole thing to do. Why would you go kick over a bunch of rocks that someone stacked up? Well, it turns out, uh, beside rivers and creeks, it's actually really bad for the fishery. I had no idea. I just thought people was kicking rocks, but really? but I'm not even kidding. I'm mean, because I asked the dude about it, and I just wanted to understand because everyone always tags this guy in it, and you know he he's he's one of my buddies. So I I asked him I was like, Dave, what what's the deal with this? What's going on?" And he's just like, "It's bad for the critters, dude." I was like. <laughs> it's bad for the critters. I need more than that. Dude, like you can't just tell me it's bad for the critters and expect me to this insatiable thirst for knowledge to be quenched off of it's bad for the critters. Yeah, and he's like, "Dude, it's bad for the critters." He said it again. I was like, "Man, I'm done with <laughs> you." I was like, "I'll go figure it out for myself." So, I read up on it and sure sure enough, it's bad for the environment. It, oh, sh- yeah. But, um, but on trails, leave them alone on trails because they mark safe trails. Ah, but like, but, uh,
0: but what, like, what about it is bad, like around like the streams and everything?
1: Um, it, so it's, yeah, it's bad for the critters, man. Come on. <laughs> no. So it, so what it does <clears throat> is it takes habitat away from specifically micro, um, microorganisms. Mm. Um, it creates early erosion, in specific areas, due to a massive amount of rocks being placed in one spot, okay. it starts. It start, actually starts eroding that spot quicker than others. Um, it takes away natural, um, let's just say paths, for lack of a better term. It takes away natural paths for um, other animals. Like, uh, imagine this beaver's, like, been, I mean, smacking jaws on this tree for, like, I don't know, let's say five days. He's he's working a 40-hour work week on this tree. And uh you and I go down there and we make two of these little rock spots. Beaver comes down there on Sunday to go collect his paycheck and he can't move his tree now because mm. we have blocked his path.
0: Wow. Yeah, and it's something that you don't even think about until you actually like research it. That's interesting. It's bad for the critters, man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it
0: is definitely bad for the critters. <laughs>
1: you know, it's it was just something so little that I wanted to know about. Yeah, and and did did you know there's differences between um, a stream and like a river and a creek that we all call them like the same thing, but they're completely different. I just recently learned that also from one of my biologist buddies. But so it, it,
0: what is the difference between a stream and a creek? Because I can kind of understand the difference between like a creek stream versus a river, but between those two, I don't know. Dude, I'm, st-
1: I'm still I'm still foggy on all that. I just know there's a difference now. There's definitely <laughs> a difference. Okay, gotcha,
0: gotcha. So definitely something to Google and homework for those that are still listening yeah. and watching. Yeah. No, yeah, but you know, like that's exactly it though. Like, I mean, uh, we shouldn't be afraid of like researching stuff on how to protect and keep our environment thriving. Um, it's one of those things where <clears throat> where I think, again, back to just to reiterate the point, like if if we, you know, treat nature well, it'll treat us well again. And we also have to not underestimate nature because nature can be, like you said, pretty metal. And also the the biggest takeaway is that you know you Don't if you're not gonna clean up, at least don't trash it, and you know just do your best to to uh, respect nature, especially when people are catching fish and you know catching release. You want to make sure that you release it back so it, it still survives. I mean, there's that one video going around that was viral where you see like these kids. I guess I'm guessing it's Florida because it was with a snook. They get the snook and then they're twirling and then they just launch it like it was like a like a frisbee or something, and all kinds of people are just like, who are these people? Who are these people? And because, you know, naturally, so like they're basically mistreating the fish. yeah. And that's the kind of stuff that we want to avoid. And like you said, well, we want to be, be good stewardess. And if we want to attract people into the sport for whatever reason that they want to, like, you know, enhance their life in whatever capacity, we got to be good stewardess.
1: You, you can't, I mean, that goes in the whole back to gatekeeping thing too, just because you, maybe you, you know a lot about conservation and you're very passionate about it. Um, that's awesome, but you also have to be, you have to be understanding in a lot of ways. A lot of people, they just don't know. So um, another thing my buddy David told me, the big fish karma, right? Um, David said, you have to hold yourself accountable to try to better the knowledge of other anglers in a positive way. Mm-hmm. He said, if you see something just really wrong going on, um, you need to say something. He says it's and he said, it's not going to be easy. He said, I'm holding you accountable and you hold me accountable. Mm-hmm. Right? And he said, it's not going to be easy to go tell someone, hey, man, um, that's an awesome fish, but you should. Um... That's how the conversation goes. It's it's, it's hard to tell someone something Um, but you you've got to hold yourself accountable to not be a a jackass and Mm. approach someone as a human being you don't know their background you don't know where they came from you don't know if this is their first time on the water you don't know anything about this person except they're fishing and they've got a fish in their possession that's it so treat it like that and you know encourage people to do what's right but that doesn't mean belittle someone because you know what's right and they know what's wrong and they don't know it's you know it's like the whole where a trout's heart thing is some people don't know that and a lot of bass anglers they're so used to lipping fish they'll lip a trout and there's they just don't know man i'm not like oh another bass angler lipping a trout i used to be a bass angler dude i still catch bass mm-hmm. but you don't lip trout because their jaws can't support their weight; they will break their jaw, right? That's why you don't lip a trout. But will, a why
0: you don't lip a carp either for that same reason?
1: It's the same thing, man. Mm-hmm. And and another thing is too, like if you're if you're holding a bass, keep it in line with its spine. If you if you Ooh. if you have it here and you pull its jaw this way, you're dislocating its jaw and its spine. You're killing the fish, but people don't know that. And you can't just be like, hey, man, you're killing that fish. No, nah, dude, you, you've you got to have some compassion and some empathy and some understanding to be like to approach people and just be human about it. Don't don't I mean, just don't be an ass man, you know, be a human and yeah. be better the sport, bring knowledge with you, but don't bring knowledge as like a holy crusade. Mm. Don't don't be like, hey, this is you have to do it this way. And I think,
0: um, well, sorry, continue. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think uh, uh, one of the things that it's uh, hard for people to understand is that we are part of nature, even though we're detached because, you know, we we have these concrete jungles where we, where you know, huddle up and everything. And we don't realize that we're just, we're animals just with higher or different levels of consciousness, but we are still part of the ecosystem and we got to, you know, thrive and, what is it, uh, coexist with other animals too so and also too like on the flip side of what you were saying about like you know holding somebody else accountable uh on the flip side of that like if somebody is going to approach you to give you advice like don't take it as a attack on your identity it's like you that person may not know that hey you there's a specific like for example the rocks right like i don't know about kicking rocks and or somebody else doesn't know about kick, uh, kicking rocks and they come up to you like why'd you just kick those rocks it's like well, you know, this is the reason why, like, you know, rather than just starting an argument, right? Like, you know, it's like, oh, you know, mind your own business. Like I'm doing this for conservation. Like I've seen those kind of interactions where it's like they're unnecessary.
1: And, you know, and all these videos get super popular on YouTube. They're like, you don't own the water, bro. Well, the thing is, some people do own parts of the water, bro. And Mm -hmm. you have to be respectful of that. Um, I forget the exact word. It starts with an E, but it's where private landowners allow public access up to a certain length of distance on their Mm -hmm. property. And it's really big in a lot of the Northern, especially like Northeastern states for fisheries, because so many people have bought up this land on, and they own the land. And, you know, there's some fishing clubs up there. That's like, it's like $58,000 a year to fish the club because they've, they've got like trophy fish and it's on private land. And the club works with the landowner and they get a cut of the money, but um, don't just assume because you're on some water that psh, you don't own the water, bro. And, you know, people talk about like navigable waterways, non-navigable water. Um, there's no strict definition I mean, there is, of course, a definition of navigable, but um, some people say like, well, if it's a navigable waterway, no one owns it. Like if you can put a kayak in it is what one guy said, and it's different from state to state. It's Mm -hmm. not like here in Texas, there are navigable waterways that um, as I know this because I'm a guide and I cannot guide those waterways without a captain's license Mm -hmm. i have to be a captain um, which is a incredibly lengthy expensive and hard process so shout out to all those dudes and gals that are captains of these uh ships and boats and stuff because that's a lot of work man and Mm -hmm. i'm not about to do that but you know just you got to be respectful when you're on the water you know it goes back to like that whole etiquette thing of like when you're on the river, low hole and high hole and leapfrogging people. Like um, where I fish, there's not a ton of people. So it's it's not a big deal. But some fisheries, you're combat fishing, which is like your shoulder to shoulder. And uh, you, you just can't help it. You know, I mean, you're going to end up fishing the same hole as someone else. It's And they're like, oh, you're low hole. I mean, dude. You like you've been here like four hours in this hole. You haven't moved, you haven't caught a fish, man. I'm gonna fish the hole. Yeah. And you you just gotta be you have to know when to interject, I guess. Like there there's some times to where um the risk isn't worth the reward kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Like you can't all you can you'll get a feel for it. There's some people you just probably shouldn't approach and say something to. It's honestly probably better to be be a karen you know or a, or a kyle and um call gaming wildlife man yeah just just call them i mean there's there's some times where you you just probably shouldn't get in there. and it doesn't make you a tattletale or a snitch or something it's um i'm not saying go out there every day and be like oh this, this, this guy's catching fish over here like this like um Give them a call once. Let them come out there and see what's going on. I mean, they're pretty receptive. They're that's what they're here for. They're here to preserve at a higher um, capacity than we are. Yeah. That's a, that's all game and fish is there for. They're to take care of our land. So yeah. don't be afraid to call a man, and and you can't be you can't get all twisted about it either. You know, don't don't be calling just because you want someone out of a hole that makes you a bad person. Yeah. You know,
0: the thing comes down also to like, maybe like, I don't know if I want to say like taking people, taking themselves, like they're, they're taking themselves a little too seriously. I don't want to say that per se, but somewhere on a spectrum of like, I'm going to do this because it's the right thing to do versus like, I'm going to do this because I feel great because I'm doing the right thing. You know, like that, that kind of stuff, you know,
1: there's, I mean, that's, that's like giving a dude money or food, and then having your phone up and be like, "Look, I just gave this dude all yeah. this food and money." It doesn't, it doesn't make it a good deed
0: or yeah.
1: or the right thing if you're not doing it for the right reasons. It's a bad thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, yeah, that's basically what I was trying to get. Yeah. At. Like, that's a perfect example because I've used that before in the past, um, where it's like, okay, if you're gonna help somebody, like, they're so. There's a fine line, right? Because like you, you want to spread awareness to an issue, but then there's some people that it's very obvious that they a lot, a lot of it they're doing it for important uh, for uh, attention, and that's not necessarily the right thing to do. Do like something like what you're talking about, like give somebody ho- food or money, and then just for the Instagram picture or something like that. Like, yeah, they, that's yeah, that's not good.
1: And you know, there's such a hard line to walk too. Um, I struggled with that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um. So I own a a fly company now, but it used to be a bait company. I used to make soft plastics and flies. Right. And uh, in my first month of business, which was December of 20, um, I had all these hats made and I sold them all, every one of them in a week. And I used every bit of that profit to go towards a children's organization Mm -hmm. to where the kids Could have a sponsor to either take them fishing or hunting? And it was for less, less privileged children from families that couldn't necessarily afford it or were from a broken home, things like that. And it gives them a chance to go fish or hunt on mm-hmm. like a guided, safe trip. And I had the hardest time making the post because I was like, I want these people to know where their money went for those hats. Those hats are more than just the start of a business. Those hats are, that is a symbol of helping someone else out. I didn't take any money off that at all. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't keep money for the cost of the hat. I literally donated everything back to that organization and it was enough for six kids. And- But like I said, dude, it was it was hard to make the post because I didn't want people to be like, oh, he's just he's just looking for, you know, looking for likes and looking for all that stuff. And it's like, no, I just I just wanted I just wanted them to know where that money went. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you can't even help it, too, because like even if you do like project it in a way, it's like, okay. Like I want I want you go I want you guys to know where the, your money went, your money's being put to good use and all that stuff. And then some people some people will still take it as like this guy's bragging or whatever. And it's like I mean, you know, at a certain point it's like, you know what? Put out the energy, whoever responds to it in a positive way, that's great. Whoever doesn't, you can't really do anything about
1: yeah, it. Yeah, dude, just pass the vibe check. Like, I don't care. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. All right, cool. Well, on that note, we're getting to- close to, I think we're probably past the one hour mark, but that's, that's okay. Uh, any last things you want to like say, any of the final thoughts, any, uh, any, where, where the, first of all, where they can find you, of course. And then any final thoughts?
1: Deeds and gals, uh, anglers alike. Um, new age alchemist. Thanks for having me and listening to me rant about stuff that's not important. And, um, we didn't really talk a lot about mental health and whatnot, but dudes and gals, if you're struggling, find someone or something. Don't struggle in silence. There's someone else that's living the same exact life you are. You're not alone. Um, mm-hmm. Don't. Sometimes you got to put that weight down. All right. And that doesn't mean throw it all away. All right. Sometimes you just got to you got to share that burden. What you perceive as a burden. And it's not. There's plenty of people that are willing to listen. And like, like like, he prefaced before this, we're not experts, all right? But there's people that live it and mm-hmm. um, talk. You've got to talk to people. Um, you can find me, though, at, at Morris Flyco on Instagram. Um, uh, I run a podcast myself um, at Working Class Fishing. Uh, you can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Anchor, all that stuff. Uh, we're just some kind of rowdy fishing folks that uh, will let you know if it's explicit in the title. Uh, <laughs> uh, otherwise, it's family friendly. You'll find about four of those family friendly ones and the rest uh, maybe you <laughs> don't listen to around the dinner table. But um, stay fishy, you know, keep fishing, stay outside. That's what Brandon says. Yeah, uh, desktop fishing. He says, "Stay fishy." I love that, dude.
0: Yeah, that, dude's awesome.
1: But um, just get outside, breathe some fresh air.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's great. Uh, and honestly, like to add to what you're saying, don't underestimate the power of just going out to a park, especially uh, if you live in an area where you know you have plenty of different colored leaves and stuff like that. And just don't, don't underestimate nature. Like it can definitely affect you in in ways that you never even thought possible. And if there is an activity that you want to do, make sure you do your research to basically do it. I w- I know I want I don't want to use the word proper, but at the same time, it's war- it's uh, warranted to use, you know the, the proper way of doing something. Just uh, so, you know, you respect the surroundings of what where you're doing it, like when you're fishing, uh all that stuff. So you definitely wanna do your research and uh, that way you can enjoy to the fullest what nature has to offer.
1: Don't let it keep you from getting out there, but exactly. But like this title to this here show, it's mindful endeavors. Just be mindful and be respectful and enjoy your lives.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. So that is it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it and I'll see you guys for the next one.